What's going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk. I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his bedroom is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody? Hey, everybody. What is going on? I hope you guys are having a great week, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We got a good one for you, so stay tuned. Man, oh, man. I am so excited. It has been like a full week of of multiple sports, not just not just like one sport. It's been multiple sports, Cody. I am so excited. Uh, but before we get into all that, Cody, how are you doing, man? I am doing good, my friend. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, sports must be back because I am busier than I've ever been to the point to where I am even missing sports again like I did before quarantine. So <laughs> it is uh, absolutely amazing how that works. But thankfully with uh, YouTube or other streaming acts, I'm able to catch up as much as I can. So I'm at least somewhat equipped to do this, but uh, it is good to have them back and uh, can't wait to talk about it, man. It's going to be, it's going to be a good old time. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. I was watching a lot of the, uh, well, I guess the Lakers only had three games and I watched all three of them <laughs> and I've been watching as uh, many giants games as I can. Uh, sometimes I'm busy doing stuff, but uh, yeah, it's actually, it's been really fun. I mean, even though uh, there was a couple of times where I'm getting frustrated at the at the TV or uh, at the team uh, and my wife is rolling her eyes going, oh, yeah, you wanted sports so you could do this. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, honestly, I miss this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I have been in heaven, uh, you know, loving uh, being able to watch sports on TV. It's just crazy. Uh, and my wife keeps uh, hurting my feelings because she keeps saying, because <laughs> I was like, looking, you know, we're doing fantasy baseball. And so I'm checking my lineup every day. And uh, I'm like, man, you know, how am I in second place? And I'm looking at my, at all my points. And I'm like, first in home runs, first in hits, first in RBIs, last in stolen bases, first in batting average. Um, you know, my, I think I'm like last in earn runs and, uh, second in strikeouts first in save. So I'm like, I have a lot of first, but I also have a couple of last place. So that's why I'm in second. Uh-huh. So it's been driving me nuts and my wife keeps going, well, it's okay, honey. Cause baseball will be shut down soon. I'm like, I know <laughs> I'm saying that it's and funny. She's like, well, it's, don't get it's, your hopes up. Yeah. It is funny that she says that. Cause I've been trying to. I've been trying to keep up with my roster, but I am getting, I keep forgetting that I have, I need to make it a week or two weeks out because normally if it was head to head, I'd be more on top of it. But because it's, you know, just a first place to a last place in terms of stats, I'm like, I just make sure I have somebody there. But then by the time I check my roster and the way that they do their mm-hmm. schedule with games being way earlier, I'm, mm-hmm. I can't move somebody into my starting lineup. So then, you know, my starting lineup will be like one for four, one for like 44. And then my bench is like 10 for 20 or something like that. And I'm like, well, that was a great game. And, you know, and I know like be patient and it'll, I'll, once I figure it out, it'll be fine. But then I'm like, well, yeah. how much effort should I put in? Because MLB may get canceled <laughs> with one or yeah. two more teams coming back with positive tests, you know, because uh, their testing is so magnificent that it's working out <laughs> for everybody. But you know, for the most part, it's still a learning curve for me with this rotisserie style. Yeah, you know, it's you check your line. I 
uh, a couple of times I kept throwing in, uh, I think I said this last week, I, I keep throwing in Matt Olson, and I have Anthony Rizzo, and I sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw in Matt Olson because he might get more home runs. But now I'm leading batting average and home runs, and I'm like, well, I need I should just keep in Rizzo because if my home runs go down, at least my batting average is still there, and I don't have to worry about that, and I can always throw in Olsen later if I need more home runs. So it's kind of a different it's a different thing because a lot of the time, like back in, you know, when we were doing head to head, a lot of the times I would throw in Matt Olson a lot because he could, he has the potential to have more home runs and that's going to be more points. But when you're in a rotisserie league, it's just stats. So yeah. it's just like, you know, your whole team home runs, whole team at batting average. So, uh, you know, um, batting average and home runs, it's good to kind of balance each other out. So, that's what I've been, I've learned and I'm loving it. I'm like into it so much. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm so mad that I'm still in second place though. <laughs> it bugs me, but it's because, and this is going to be my transition. Uh, I shouldn't have said it cause it was going to be so smooth, but, uh, <laughs> because, uh, Shohei Otani has mm-hmm. been killing me in the pitching department, hitting department. He has, two home runs and he has a stolen base which is you know whatever mm-hmm. but the thing that kills me here is when i put him as a pitcher he has been he gave up like eight runs and only like a total of two innings pitched like oh, wow. it is ridiculous so um and i just uh, there's news today uh, or uh yesterday that uh, otani is unlikely to pitch again in 2020 that's coming mm-hmm. from the manager uh, joe madden so <laughs> that's the whole reason I got him was because he's a DH, but also he'll play pitcher. And now he was killing me in pitching. So I was starting to think, Oh, I might not, I might not play him at pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, and now like with an injury, I'm not sure how he's going to do with his DH. So I don't know. Right now I'm, I'm in, I'm kind of in between right now on whether I'm going to have him on my team for the rest of the year. But Cody um, you know, this, this is kind of actually huge news in the baseball world that Otani, uh, is flopping right now because he just came off of, uh, the Tommy John surgery last year. He was basically out all mm-hmm. last year. Um, and there was some big anticipation because before he got the injury, he was pitching really well. I mean, he was, he was getting a lot of strikeouts. I think he went like, six an average of like six innings so mm-hmm. he was doing really well yeah um and he was kind of the sixth man in the rotation like they weren't playing him every you know they weren't pitching him every five outings but mm-hmm. in this new uh in this new baseball that we have for this year the 60 game uh they were going to start him quite a bit and now you know that's gone so right um you know, this is huge news that he is not going to be pitching anymore. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you know much about Otani or know much about uh, kind of what he's been doing since he's been in the league. But, you know, kind of what are your thoughts on Otani and, and maybe what the Angels should do moving forward? Well, I think what the Angels are going to do, and I think the reason why they're shutting him down this year is because it's his first year back from the Tommy John surgery, like you mentioned. So I really don't think that they're going to explore the pitching avenue, especially with a shortened season that I think, to be truthful, the reason why Joe, Joe Madden had basically shut down 
Otani in terms of pitching is because, you know, like what we were just kind of joking around about in a, in a kind of a tongue in cheek way, but also in a, like a pretty serious way that, you know, baseball is on the verge of maybe being canceled if they continue to have, you know, coronavirus outbreaks um, like they did with the Mariners or excuse me, not with the Mariners, with the, with the Marlins. Um, I think just recently the Cardinals also had a couple of them. Um, (laughs) And I thought there was another team that a third team that also had a couple other ones, but anyways, nevertheless, so once one team basically gets multiple confirmed ones, not only does everyone have to, you know, quarantine for that X amount of time, but then, you know, you can't play the games that they were scheduled. So um, to bring it back to Otani, I think the reason why that Madden basically shut that down is because let's let him continue to recover and let him be just a hitter, which he's still a very good hitter. Um, you know, he does go for power. He's got some speed. So even if he puts it in play, he can get on base fairly easily. Um, you know, so I can see where Madden was more or less, you know, let's let's let him recover from Tommy John. I'm sure he's going to be doing some light pitching and or bullpen sessions like, you know, off and on here and there just to keep that arm kind of active. But, you know, I think him shutting down the pitching for this year isn't a bad idea. I think it's smart. I think next year, though, if we hear that he's just no longer going to be pitching anymore, then I think there's a pause, uh, cause for pause because Otani was this phenom that's supposed to come in that can play both, which hasn't happened since Babe Ruth, you know? And so with that not happening anymore, Otani doesn't really have the shine like he, like he normally would. But like I said, I think this is just more or less because the season is shortened. He's coming back from Tommy John, give him another year to kind of like recover from the Tommy John surgery, keep him at the designated hitting spot. So that way he's still getting his at bats because he does have a good bat and you know, he can bring in runs when he's swinging it well. Um, but for the most part, like, you know, in this season, it's probably just, you know, going to be a wash anyway. So just kind of just let him just, hit, you know, swing the bat and we'll worry about pitching next season when it actually means something with a full season. Um, and then plus two with the Angels probably going to get into another higher um, draft position after this season because, you know, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Um, you know, you can always just draft a pitcher in case Otani isn't going to be pitching anymore. So. I think that's what they're going to end up doing and that's the route they're taking. Well, I mean, I, I agree that Otani or not Otani, that the, um, that the angels should, you know, kind of shut it down. I, I get it. Uh, just like what you said. I mean, he's just coming off of, uh, off of Tommy John. I mean, yeah, he, he should have been, he should have been good to go, but in a type of season like this where, they kind of were going to ramp him up a little bit. It, it mm-hmm. probably was, it, it probably ends up being a good thing. Now, my only concern is that, like you were saying, if this continues next year, then there's there's a little bit of alarm. And I think if you're the Angels, I think the smartest thing you could do right now is to try him out at different positions. Because just like what you were saying, he's a good hitter. He's not a great hitter, but he is a guy who can help your lineup. He's a guy that hits cleanup. I don't want to say regularly, but he does hit cleanup a lot. Like from, you know, Trout is usually at two. Um, Rendon is probably going to be hitting three most of the time. And then cleanup is going to be Otani. And when you hit cleanup, uh, that's where all your RBIs come from. And he's a guy who can do that. And just like what you said, he can steal a couple of bases here and there, which is also very good. They tried him out at like first base. That's great. He's got a strong arm. Maybe you can try him out at third. Now, third and first base are two completely different things, but from a guy who, you know, hasn't really fielded a lot, I think first base is going to be a little bit easier for him to learn. 
Mm-hmm. Um, or, I mean, try him out in right field. He's got an arm, you know? Yeah. He, he could be in right field and, you know, you're not constantly getting a lot of balls hit right field. Well, nowadays you, you kind of get a little bit more. But, um, I mean, for the most part, there, there are positions where he could go, uh, where he could, I don't want to say thrive, but could still be a, an everyday player. Because right mm-hmm. now he's strictly DH when he hits which is great and it's easy for AL but you know I think I think if they want to like keep him in the lineup and you know when they get you know younger guys and want to see how they're playing him out and you know maybe throw them at DH or you know whatever mm-hmm. it may be it right. would be good to keep him you know have it, keep that arm up and hey every now and then you could throw him out as a pitcher you don't have to throw him out every sixth day yeah. you know so for me, I think it would be beneficial if they if they had him go to another um, another position, or at least try and get him to learn. So in case something does happen, they can throw him in at any time. So yeah, I just think me. that with what they're investing in him, they're still. I imagine that again with even ownership or management, they're not going to want to, you know, close the door in pitching, but. Um, you know, so I don't think that, I mean, they may get him to start working on some of the, you know, other positions for defense. But mm-hmm. honestly, I think, like I said, with the Angels kind of just being a wash year, he probably was doing that behind the scenes and, you know, could be a, you know, defensive sub if needed for whatever reason. But I think for this year, they'll just rely on the bat. And again, he's still really young. I think he's only, what, 24 or 23, 24. So, um, Oh, 26, excuse me. Still still really young, though, but I think, yeah. you know, you still have his bat. He's got some speed, and I don't think the door is closed in pitching. It's just this year because of how odd it is and potential of it shutting down. I think that's why. Yeah, I, I think I don't think they're going to give up on pitching, but, um, you know, if it still is a continuing thing and they don't want to throw him out consistently at pitching, yeah, uh, you know, every now and then maybe, but sure. Um, I I just think that it would be smart to get him in a different position and you know see how he does. And if he does well at those positions, then you never have to think about him pitching again. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, and I know that that's that's kind of like almost blasphemy for like Angel fans because you know that's kind of the reason you got him was he was a dual player. You know, right. he could pitch it, um, but you got to be realistic in these things. And I think if you can salvage him as a player and continue to, you know, him actually earn the contract that he signed, um, you know, throw him at a different position. And, and uh, if he's, if he's just decent, I think it's worth it. Yeah. Because like we've been talking about, he's, he's got a good bat. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, you know, sticking with baseball kind of to me, I really wanted to talk a little bit about the, well, the whole coronavirus thing. Obviously the, actually the Marlins have, um, they have played already uh, today. This was the first game back. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. Um, And so, but the funnier, I think the funnier thing to me was (laughs) when, uh, when the Cardinals got tested positive and it was said that they actually, (laughs) I'm not making this up. It just makes me laugh. Um, that the Cardinals actually went to a casino (laughs) 
Oh my god. That's why some of them tested positive. Jeez. And it's just like, are you kidding me, people? Right. What are we doing? Like you're professional now I, I was actually having a conversation with my wife who was saying, you know, um, I know I might be a homer, but I'm I'm so glad that I feel very confident that the Giants won't be doing this because the Giants have a mixture of young guys and old guys. Mm-hmm. The old guys are old enough to say this it's stupid to try and do anything and we want to finish we want to finish out the year. Mm-hmm. And then the young guys are like I just want to play so I'm not going to do anything to hurt my chances of playing. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to get on a team. So it's just, I was like, man, I'm so glad that the Giants are old and young at the same time, <laughs> you know, because it seems like a lot of it is the in-betweeners, you know, right. Juan Soto has been in the league for a little bit and he got, now he wasn't one of those guys who was out and about, but he mm-hmm. was, you know, he had, uh, I think he was asymptomatic. I don't think he, um, I don't think he was like sick, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, there's been other players and, and like, you know, you hear those stories about them going out to a casino or I think the the reason the Marlins had it, they went out and I, I forgot what had happened exactly. It was something like when they went out and, and they did stuff, they were hanging out in a party and, and got it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's just a lot of stupid stuff that these guys are getting caught. And if they stop doing that, we could have a full season. You know right. what I mean? So to me, it's absolutely nuts that there are people doing it. But on the flip side, you and I, well, I think I was more wrong about Mike Trout. Yeah. Mike Trout had his kid. I was saying once he has his kid, he's not going to come back. Mm -hmm. He came back today (laughs) and go deep (laughs) in his first at bat. So, um. Well, I was wrong, people. You know, I didn't think he was going to play. And you know what? If you didn't draft Mike Trout because of me, I am terribly sorry. I am terribly, terribly sorry. <laughs> yeah, that is that is very humorous. I will say, though, that, you know, knock on wood, that the Giants don't have any major outbreaks to kind of prove the point of, like, you know, the veterans or the vets are kind of leading the young guys. So that way they all kind of keep their head on their shoulders, you know. But mm-hmm. You know, this doesn't prove that like a bubble is probably the better thing to do because I think NHL put out the report that they had to do like 30, over 3,000 coronavirus tests on, you know, staff and players and they had zero positives come back right before they dropped the first puck to restart their playoffs basically. And, you know, like the NBA and the NHL are proving that, you know, kind of a bubble is the way to go just because if you give players or you know, any sort of team personnel, the opportunity to kind of even go out into the public to risk it that nine out of 10 times, like it's kind of a, you know, someone's going to get it. And because of how fast and easily it's, uh, you know, you can spread it or pass it off to somebody, then, you know, you run that risk. And then what ends up happening is you get these positive cases and, you know, we have to cancel games and it's already a shortened season to begin with. So, it makes it even harder because now if you have one or two or three teams that test positive, you're basically shutting down a third of your season. And then you can't just play those games again at the end of the season because it's so now we're so time stricken because of the shortened season. So, you know, again, the point being is what we've been talking about is the bubble. It seems like is the, 
more prudent proof that, you know, this works and, you know, the NFL and NBA that's going to basically be having games that are still played in other cities makes it very difficult to, to maintain any social distancing or any surefire way of making sure that this virus doesn't get you and put your season in harm's way, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, we're kind of talking about the negatives, the negative part, but Cody, I did want to ask you, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, with, with everything aside and, and I mean, how do you feel like the baseball season has gone so far? I know you probably haven't watched as much as I have, but mm-hmm. I mean, from what you've seen, you know, how did you feel about the product? I mean, do you think it's still, I mean, do you think it's as good as it always has been? Do you think it's better? Do you think it's worse? I mean, how do you feel about it? I like it for the most part. Um, I'm actually, I'm watching it right now. I'm watching the end of the end of the Rays and Mariners game right now. But what I am really enjoying about it is, um, you know, they're giving you a little bit different access and like microphones on different players to kind of hear what they're doing. So that's kind of entertaining, um, you know, and it's still good quality baseball. It's not like we've got, it's not like they're, you know, picking up a, a line drive and then throwing it in the stands or anything like that. Like it's still good quality baseball. I would say the pitching surprises me. I thought the pitching would be a little bit better. Like what I mentioned when we did a, uh, a couple of weeks ago, when we did our episode about what we think baseball and basketball is going to look like. And yeah. funny thing is the hitting is actually going crazy. Like we've got, what is it? Two or three players right now tied for the lead in the majors for six home runs and what is it, 12 games or something like that, or 11 games, I think I saw. And I was telling you, or you asked me if someone can get to 30 home runs in a 60-game season. I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. And you were so dead set that it wouldn't happen. So it looks like we're on pace for one of them to get there. Don't know who yet. I, I still say Judge, and he is one of, the, one of the hitters that's tied for the home run lead right now. But, mm-hmm. again, still a lot of games. You know, if uh, another team doesn't get some sort of outbreak, we can kind of just keep it manageable. But for the most part, like, this is good quality baseball. We're still getting the the great defensive stops. We're still getting some good pitching, yeah. good matchups. So, I mean, it's quality baseball. And for some reason, there's something about the no crowds in both the MLB and NBA that I am kind of enjoying kind of in a way. I can't place my finger on why, but I think <laughs> it's just because it's different, like, you know, yeah. you're, we're now relying on the players to really put their skills and the coaching and execute into play. And, you know, now they don't have the energy of the crowd to feed off of if it's a home team or, you know, if it's an away team, they're not feeding off of that negative energy to, you know, try to beat the other team. It's now like, you know, skill versus skill coaching mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I, there's a charm to it that I'm enjoying a little bit more in baseball than I normally would. Yeah, I I I like the product so far. I think it's it's very good and I did just want to let you know. I still feel very strongly that no one's going to get to 30 home runs, but <laughs> uh but you know, I am benefiting from the two leaders in home runs, which is actually Nick Castellanos from the Reds. I have him on my team and yeah, Aaron do. Judge from the Yankees. <laughs> I also have him on my fantasy team, so I'm killing it in that department. Yeah, you are. <laughs> But anyway, um, you know, it, it has been really good. And you know what? I think I've said this like two weeks in a row now. Honestly, I you don't really notice 
that there are no fans. Like when you hear the, because they're they're pumping in the crowd noise, and at first I was kind of like, you're not gonna notice really. It's gonna be kind of stupid, but mm-hmm. with the crowd noise, you kind of you kind of don't really notice there's no crowd. Yeah. Um, until like the camera goes to a spot where there's like nobody in there and you're like oh i forgot right, right. You know, <laughs> we're in a pandemic but for the most part you just i mean for me at least i don't know how you're feeling but um for me i just i really don't notice it i really yeah. don't no i think the, the way that they're doing it in the audio team or you know the telecast that's producing this when they basically are flooding in and i'm i guess it's in the stadium as well that that they're having the crowd noise going there too because yeah. Even with the NBA, for example, um, when I was watching the Laker, or actually we were watching the Laker game together last week before basically when we were trying to do our two bays in a pod episode. And yeah. when uh, AD or LeBron would make a great play, you would hear crowd noise and then you forget, yeah. oh yeah, that's right, there's nobody there. But it, you know the way that they're mixing it in there or the way that they're pumping it in through the auditorium that they're playing in, it makes it sound like there's a crowd there. And then you realize, oh yeah, that's right, there's no fans there. So you almost don't realize it until like you have to stop yourself like, Oh yeah, there's nobody here. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's been really good and, and uh, I'm glad that, uh, you know, my giants are winning some games. I mean, they don't look, they don't look as awful as they did their first two games. I think that was more uh, reactionary, but you know, like I said, I mean, giants and Dodgers, that's a rivalry game they'll always split games. Even when the Giants are the worst team in, in Major League Baseball, they'll still split games between them. And, you know, let's say the Dodgers are the worst team. I mean, they're still going to split games. It's just one of those things. But, you know, they had a series against the Rangers, and they actually won the series, which was crazy. Yeah. Uh, they're losing the series to the Rockies right now. But, um, you know, it, they they actually are – in almost every single game and it's just I didn't see that happening and it, it's been honestly it's been really nice and I'm not yeah. just saying that just because I'm a fan of them but it's been really nice to watch a product and obviously yes I'm gonna watch the Giants more and it's just it's good to see that they're you know no matter where they're going they're still in the games and that's all I can ask for you know yeah and honestly I'm looking at right now because I know that they're five and seven they're second to last place in our division right now Mm-hmm. But when I'm looking at some of the scores, though, I will say that, you know, they are getting some runs. Like, we were questioning mm-hmm. where they'd get run production from. And, you know, most of their wins are above seven runs or more. And, you know, they had a close game with the Padres. Uh, I think it was last week. It was seven to six. They pulled that one off. Their only really low-scoring game that they have is a three-to-one victory over the Dodgers. But mm-hmm. other than that, they've been they've been scoring runs, putting runs on the board. It's not like these – one nothing, two nothing winners. They're actually putting some runs up, which you know is kind of a pleasant surprise, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, if they can keep it up and you know stay within that five hundred mix and you know have enough momentum, maybe they can make a run to the playoffs. But they, for the most part, though, they <laughs> are a third of the way from winning the uh, fifteen games that you projected for them for, to start the season. Yeah, I'll, I'll still hold true to that just because I did say it. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'll be very happy if they win more than 20. I mean, yeah. definitely. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, uh, we are going to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to be talking about the NBA and the bubble. All right. Well, welcome back. And we are here in the top of the. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> totally forgot. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Uh, I'm I'm very excited to talk basketball um, when 
they first announced that they were going to bring basketball back and it was just going to be, you know, this one spot. Uh, I wasn't sure how it was going to look. I wasn't sure how everyone was going to play. For the most part, it has been really good. Um, you know, Cody and I are Lakers fans, so, you know, we, we tend to watch the Lakers a lot. And from what we've seen, or from what I've seen, I should say, um, the Lakers look pretty good. Um, there, there are guys who have come off the bench or who have started and they've just been uh, shooting bricks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Danny Green. And, um, you know, it's that's kind of frustrating, but it is also one of those things that we kind of expected. I think LeBron James, to me, honestly, is one of those guys who have been um, – who have been a little bit of a slow starter. Now, LeBron James is very talented. So, yeah. It's kind of it's a lot harder to notice, but I've noticed his shot wasn't there uh this past game that they played um against the um oh man, I'm blanking right now. Utah who, Jazz. The Jazz, yes. Against the Jazz, he had a couple of big shots and uh so it wasn't terrible. I mean, you can see he's starting to get his groove back. Anthony Davis, kind of the same way. When I watch them play the Clippers versus the Jazz, you can see the the difference. So, um, you know, for me, uh, it, it's really cool to see the Lakers kind of, you know, doing well. There are some teams who they seem to be benefiting from the bubble, um, like the Phoenix Suns. They just yeah. today, as we're recording this on Tuesday. They just beat the Sun, or they just beat the Clippers. Yeah, uh, I mean it was a last second shot, but still they beat you them. Know, being in the game, yeah. Uh, Dallas looks like they're benefiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brooklyn just beat uh, Milwaukee today, which was that's a huge win. Yeah, um, I think that was more on Milwaukee than the than Brooklyn, but we'll give it to Brooklyn yeah. though. They they yeah. ultimately won. But um, also Portland. Portland with their healthy team now all of a sudden they look like a super scary team and we we had talked about it last week but um boy it it actually has been looking really good um I'm super super happy to just watch basketball um but uh you know the big story for me is the Lakers have clinched first place um and it has been a long time since they have been uh, first place in the West. Yep. And so that's gonna this is this actually might be good because now you can get you can give some other guys a little more minute, a few more minutes, like Kyle Kuzma, to mm-hmm. kind of get them in rhythm for the playoffs. I don't think they're gonna bench like LeBron James a ton or you know Anthony Davis or anything, but I do feel like they. They might kind of sit them on the bench a little bit longer mm-hmm. just because um, you need guys like Kyle Kuzma. I think they need to throw out Danny Green like crazy because, I mean, he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. Uh, he is just, I mean, he is so bad. He is he's so, cold right now. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. he's struggling. It's just, and we need his three shooting. And that's, yeah. I mean, we really do. Um, God, it's like, it's like stink on a monkey, man. I mean, it's so bad. I am so upset. I was like thinking, oh, Danny Green, you know, he's doing a great job. And now all of a sudden, you know, um, you just, he, he, he's just not doing anything and it's frustrating, but the Lakers are in first place. And I just hope that they, 
continue to uh, get some some of these guys uh, a few more, you know, a few more minutes so uh, they yeah. can be ready for the playoffs. Um, but Cody, how do you think about the Lakers and and you know go into the NBA bubble a little bit? So I I like what the Lakers are doing. I think that they'll be a uh, really the best team in the bubble once LeBron starts getting his shot back. And, you know, uh, yesterday's game against the jazz, he shot um, nine of 16 and two of five, uh, two for five through uh, three points, the three point land. And I'm really encouraged that Kuzma is now becoming a more third score, like a, like a dominant third score. Yeah, um, he's definitely finally. been, yeah, he's definitely been putting up a lot, a lot better numbers his three-point shooting has improved, so I think that's what he was working on during quarantine because he's shooting no, no, no worse than 52%, I think, on average the last three games um, that they've been in the bubble. So that's really encouraging. One of the things I'm kind of more concerned with is, um, you know, Danny Green is a huge concern for me. Uh, one of the things that I think that we should start looking into is I think we should start looking into starting Dion waiters over Danny green at some point, because even though Danny green is a veteran and we want his three point shooting, you know, Dion we want waiters, his defense too. Well, he is good defensively, but Dion waiters, if we're looking for offense, like to start the game, Dion mm-hmm. waiters for sure gets it done offensively. Uh, yeah. The game against Utah was the only game where he, sh- where he scored less than um, 13 points. Every other game he's done really well, even in the preseason or excuse me, the scrimmages, not preseason, mm-hmm. but you know, it's really encouraging to see that Dion waiters is, you know, being able to penetrate, being able to shoot from the outside and his defense is definitely what lacks. But thankfully when you have, you know, players like AD and LeBron on there, which, you know, they, they do really good, and as long as they can chase the shooters off the three-point line and, and make them start moving the ball to where they kind of get into our trap defense, and it works out well. That's where Danny mm-hmm. Green comes into really good play. But if Danny Green can't shoot the ball very well, then unfortunately we're going to have to find an alternative. Um, but for the most part, for the Lakers, as, as long as we can also play up to our competition, like we lost a pretty crucial game to the Raptors over the weekend, which – you know, we could easily beat the Raptors, but they are the NBA champions. And if we're going to play a team like that, we definitely need to be on our A game and make sure that, you know, we don't have lackadaisical defense and our shooting as well. Because I think AD had a really bad shooting game there yeah. as well. So it really affected it. But, you know, for the most part, though, like LeBron only had 20 points. He only took 15 shots. So um, we only shot 25% from three-point land. We had oh, We had 18 turnovers in that game. So we cannot give up points to a team like Toronto who's coached really well and they have shooters. I, I think that you and I both agree that Toronto is one of those teams that can come out of the East and we wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, we would, we would definitely be very worried uh, for that team coming out of the East because they, they are former champions. Yeah. You take away Kawhi Leonard, but they're still about 90% of what they were last season with a yeah. really good coach. So definitely want to, you know, make sure that we're prepared for those teams. But, you know, we've shown that we can beat uh, the Bucks, which I think I think the Bucks are in a funk right now because I, I think out of three or four games, or only two or two or one of three out of um, four games that they've played, which is very odd because we figured that the Bucks would be one of the teams that would benefit most from this bubble, and it seems like that they are having a hard time getting started. Yeah. Um, not Giannis, though. He's getting his. It's just that his teammates are kind of letting him down. And, yeah. I, and surprisingly, the Clippers are also kind of slipping a little bit. And I don't know if maybe it's the chemistry between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard showing or, you know, maybe it's the team needing to get their shots down because they got quality players. But, 
you know, they, they lost against Phoenix today in the last second and Phoenix looks like that they can sneak in as the eighth seed. And, you know, they've got, you know, Aiton and Booker and Rubio and Cali Oubre. And so they've got a scary team too, but I think for the Lakers being able to lock up, I agree. It gives us an opportunity to try to see if we can get legs underneath J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters. Um, I'd like to see Dwight Howard be more of a focal point when it comes to like the fourth quarter to help with scoring and rebounding. Cause you know, even though he was defensive player of the year for a lot of years when he was younger, he did score the ball a lot. So that kind of helps us too, especially with second chance points or offensive rebounds. Um, you know, I'd like to see him more in there, but you know, for the most part, I think the Lakers are going to pull it off and they're going to come together. They're a, they're an older team, but I think that uh, with this, uh, the way that this bubble is structured, the time that they had off, once they get their legs underneath them, I think that they're going to obviously be the best team. Uh, they're going to be the best team in this whole bubble. But, you know, again, just some of the teams that we just talked about, like like uh, Phoenix, Houston, um, you know, Portland, they look really good now that they look healthy. So, yeah, you know, the Lakers just can't fall asleep at the wheel and they got to just keep pushing, you know. Yeah, exactly. You, you you just can't, you know. You like you said, perfect analogy. You can't fall asleep right now. I mean, it's just there's no there's no time for it. There's no uh, letting off the gas, really. I mean, like I said, I mean, you might add a, you might you might let LeBron sit a little bit longer and Anthony Davis sit a little bit longer, but I think everyone else, maybe Dwight Howard too. I think everyone else though, you kind of add a few more minutes to them. Um, and, you know, see what you have in them going into the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, with like what you said with the Clippers, um, this is – I mean, I know a lot of people want to talk about, well, the Clippers were in the game. They almost beat the Lakers. You know, the Lakers weren't making a lot of their shots. The big thing to me was the Clippers kept turning the ball. They had so many – I think they had over 20 turnovers. Yeah. And – it was not a good showing for them. And, you know, Paul George was was uh, hitting his shots. Kawhi wasn't really hitting his. Um, and a lot of people were arguing, well, you know, they didn't have Montrez Harrell. Harrell wasn't going to stop Anthony Davis as it was. Mm-hmm. He might have slowed him down a little bit better. But for the most part, he's not really going to – he's not going to be that guy who can slow him down. Um, and so this is what we were talking about when, when the bubble started was, you know, the Clippers are going to have an issue with Anthony Davis and it showed in that game. And to be honest, Anthony Davis wasn't hitting his shots like, like he normally does. Mm -hmm. He was, he was not on his game and yet they still couldn't stop him. So, and LeBron wasn't even a big factor. I think he had a pretty good fourth quarter, but other than that, he, he was kind of silent for the first three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the Clippers have, I think they have a big problem. And I mean big figuratively. Their bigs are just, they're not going to do it. And I think this is what's going to hurt them. And kind of what we saw, Cody, you and I were watching the final, uh, you know, few couple of minutes of uh, Portland and Houston today. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was telling you, Nurkic was just, I mean, he had so many open shots underneath the hoop and he was just kind of blowing them. Mm-hmm. But other than that, he was getting every single rebound. 
Um, they were trying to double team him in, in uh, boxing him out for the rebound. I mean, he was a problem. Mm-hmm. And it left, I mean, Lillard had like two or three open shots that I saw. McCollum didn't even have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Carmelo, he had like two or three open shots uh, from three that helped them gain their lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the, and what I was telling you too is if I'm, if I'm Portland, I am going to let James Hart, or I'm not going to let James Harden shoot, but I'm only going to single team him because mm-hmm. Westbrook can't shoot. So he's going to have to drive inside and you're not going to rely on PJ Tucker to shoot all the threes. He has to be underneath the basket. So you take away that shot mm-hmm. and you know, yeah, I like um, uh, Covington, Robert Covington. I like him. He's an okay three shooter, but for the most part, you know, he's not going to, um, he's not really going to do much mm-hmm. um, in the department of the shooter. So the only shooter you really have is, is James Harden. And these guys, if you have Nurkic and even Whiteside in the middle uh, or in the, uh, on the inside of the paint, I mean, you're not going to drive it because you don't really have a guy who can, who can box him out or make him go outside because to be honest, Portland's not afraid of your shooting because the only shooter you have is, is James Harden right now. Yeah. So I think there's, there's an issue with Houston and I think Portland looks really good. And uh, it, it's, it's a scary time if you're in the Western conference that, Houston was one of the teams that everyone was like, this team could win. And now you see what Portland did to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not so sure that, you know, you know think- what I'm really, you know what I'm honestly hoping for is to mm-hmm. see either Portland against the Lakers or Dallas against the Lakers or uh, Portland and Clippers or Dallas and Clippers. I mean, in the playoffs, because, you yeah. know, those games are going to be so fun to watch. I mean, yeah. What are you going to do with all those? <laughs> I, yeah, I think so. I, I totally agree. And here's some stats from tonight's game uh, between Houston and the Trailblazers. So the Trailblazers out rebound Houston the following Houston 39, Blazers 64. <laughs> Houston only had five, only had five offensive rebounds. Uh, Portland Trailblazers had 15 offensive rebounds by themselves. Uh, Houston only had 34 uh, rebounds, and Portland had 49. Nurkic by himself had 19 rebounds along with 18 (laughs) points. And Whiteside had 17 rebounds on nine points. So, you know, what you and I were talking about here, and I, I, I somewhat agree with your defensive point about what you could do with Whiteside and Nurkic, but Nurkic for sure was cleaning up the boards um, you know, down low, he was, uh, you know, the layups weren't really following, uh, weren't falling for him, but he was getting it done mm-hmm. on the free throw line. Westbrook yeah. had a really bad free throw game today. He only shot five of 12 from free throw. So he literally left about seven points that, you know, were, could have been made the difference because they lost by eight points. So that would have been a one point game, even if he hits his free throws. Um, you know, they had, they, they only had nine uh, fast break points. Houston did. Um, they had 28 points in the paint in Portland Trailblazers had 44. So, you know, small ball works for Houston in certain ways, but if teams can play them tall, 
which is really difficult because I know the fear is that you're going to have a big man who maybe can't go on the perimeter or gets beat off the dribble, and then you open up yourself to another three-point shooter or an inside presence. But for the most part, though, like, you know, I think Covington is the tallest shooter at 6'8", or I think him and Jeff Green are tied at 6'8 for the tallest. And even if you have, you know, some taller guys on the perimeter and if you can chase them off the three-point line, well, then you've defeated their game plan because their game plan is to – beat you on the free throw line and beat you at the three-point line. But if you can take away the three points and make him earn just two points at the stripe, you know, then you're going to be able to offset that. But, you know, Portland makes me extremely nervous, especially if they were to go against the Lakers, just because they've got tall guys to board. You know, if AD's got to go against, you know, Whiteside or Nurkic and or Howard vice versa or JaVale McGee, that's going to be some interesting matchup. Um, you know, and, and Damian Lillard, we really don't have anybody defensively that can really match up with Damian Lillard because he's so skilled, yeah. you know, with ball handling and being able to shoot off the dribble and just pulling up anywhere he wants. Um, CJ McCollum, he's a very skilled scorer as well. So, you know, you've got, you know, like what we were mentioning, Mello, Nurkic, uh, McCollum, Lillard. Mm-hmm. Um, Whiteside. I mean, they've got a team, and now that the mm-hmm. majority of them are healthy, they've had an opportunity to kind of, um, you know, to get on the same page. And like, you know, they're a team that's fighting for like a, a eighth or a seventh spot, and they could easily be a team that could make some noise in these playoffs. Like, for let's hypothetically say, um, you know, the Lakers fall asleep at the wheel, like what we don't want them to do, right? And yeah. they become the number two seed. And let's say the Blazers become the eighth seed. So now it's the Clippers at one, Blazers at eight. I got to be honest, man. I don't know if the Clippers come out of that series. And if they do, exactly. it's definitely going seven games because mm-hmm. they don't have anybody um, that could really match up with Whiteside or Nurkic. I mean, don't tell me that Zubek can, can handle that because he can't. Um, I mean, I know he's a former Laker and he's good at some defensive spots, but I mean, Nurkic would take him to school. Um, yeah. You know, Lillard could offset any of the scoring that they have. The only thing that I can see the Blazers having a problem with is maybe Paul George. He's such a skilled, like, you know, defender, such a skilled ball handler, then he can pull up just about anywhere. Maybe you have a difficult time, uh, you know, putting Melo on him. But, you know, could they easily match up in scoring? I absolutely think so. And I think that they could clean up the rebounds, Portland can, to where it offsets what the Clippers want to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Portland Trailblazers is an outlier here. The Mavs, I'm not really too scared of. I was watching a couple of games that they had and they just don't seem to have everything put together yet, considering that they're in the bubble. It just seems like they, they are one off season away from having it going. Cause as soon as that Doncic and Porzingis figure out how to work together along with, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., um, and they've got a bunch of good role players too. I think that they're going to be a scary team. But when I was watching their Houston game, you know, they were matching scoring, but they still look like that they weren't able to get some sort of flow or chemistry going. And I really think that the Mavs are a good team. They just need to find a way to keep getting the ball to each other because they've got a bunch of scorers and they've got some tall people, but for some reason, like they, they're their own worst enemies. You know, they barely scrape by with a win against the Kings I believe it was today, and that was because uh, Luca had to have a triple-double and one of the rarest ones of all were 30 points, 20 rebounds, and 12 assists. So, um, so that, I, I, think that, uh, I think that we're in for some really good basketball, but uh, 
you know, definitely watch out for the Blazers. And I think the Clippers got a problem like what you were saying. Yeah. Hey, Kristaps Porzingis, he he went off for 20 uh, – I was going to say 27. That was his minutes. 22 points in 27 minutes. So, um, that in itself is really good. I know they went only went against the Kings. And, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, how big of a feat is that? But, like you said, Luka Doncic is – in his prime form still. Um, and then you get a Porzingis who can, you know, drop 20 points. I think you're okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's going to be interesting. The The other thing that I was really, de- I was really surprised with that we were talking about is the Suns beating the Clippers is that was uh, Lou Williams came back. Yeah. And it didn't really help. I mean, didn't really help him. Mm-hmm. And so, I I don't know. I mean, I I saw that Leonard. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Leonard went for uh, twenty seven, and uh, George went for twenty three. So mm-hmm. I mean, those guys are scoring their points, but you know, other than them, it's not really going well for them. And that's the thing that everyone was talking about. The Clippers have this huge. You know, they're so deep. They're so deep. They got all this talent. Blah blah blah. blah. But you look at the Lakers and how they work together mm-hmm. versus how the Clippers work together. I think you could. I don't think there's any debate that the Lakers have better team chemistry than the Clippers, and yeah. I think that's what you're seeing very abruptly here um, in the bubble. Is the Clippers still don't have that team chemistry that mm-hmm. they need, and I think if the Clippers aren't careful, just like what you said, if they face Portland or Dallas, mm-hmm. that they could be out in the first round, you yeah. know? And I mean, I, I don't think anyone would pick Portland over the Clippers still. Mm-hmm. I think everyone would be like, well, we saw what Kawhi Leonard did last year. So we'll pick the Clippers, but you know, there, there is a chance. Yeah. For sure. So I got a question for you, Drew. Um, the Bucks lost uh, against the Nets today. Uh-huh. Uh, so that, that's the second loss in a row. They only uh-huh. won against the Celtics to begin the, the begin their game, their season essentially, um, last Friday. Uh, but, uh, they also did lose, uh, three scrimmage games and I know that they're only scrimmages. Um, but how do you feel about the bucks and the bubble so far? Are you surprised by how, how, they they are, I mean, are they now a threat in the East? Like we imagined, I mean, what, what do you make of the Bucks? Um, you know, I'm surprised that they're not winning these games. Like Brooklyn, they should have beaten. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did see that all the starters for uh, Milwaukee did not play more than 20 minutes. Um, Giannis was seven for eight from the uh, from the court or mm-hmm. from the field. I guess is what you can say. Um, so and. You know, he was doing his thing, but he just didn't play not even half of the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it is a little concerning, though. I, I don't quite understand why the Bucks really aren't playing their guys. I mean, I think maybe they're taking it as it's a preseason. They've already sealed up um, a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe their thought process is we're got, we're already in the playoffs. Um, you know, we want to be as fresh as we can be. For, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you just had five 
freaking months off. I know. I was about to say, if <laughs> so, we're going to go off of fresh legs, I mean. Yeah, we, I mean, that's what I think. I think because usually in, like, preseason, they really don't play more than, like, 20 minutes. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe this is kind of what they're doing. They're just, like, trying to, you know, slowly work their way up. But mm-hmm. I don't understand it, you know. Like, you want the number one spot, and them losing to the net. Yeah, they lost by three, but still, them losing to the Nets is a little concerning. It's yep. a little concerning. I'm not going to say it's a huge deal. Oh, my God. You know, the Bucks. I, I still think they're the best team in the East. The, to me, no question, because like what we talked about last week, you know, the Celtics is the number two team right now. Mm-hmm. They they have no one who can slow down Giannis. Um, you know, we talked about the Heat. You know, I think that's going to be a challenge in itself. We talked about the 76ers. Mm-hmm. They have the best chance. The Sixers don't look good. Right. They look terrible. And like, is that exactly what I said uh, last week was my worry is the, um, is the uh, whole uh, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons dynamic. And mm-hmm. it's still very present and they don't want to work with each other. And this is a huge, huge mistake from both of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where it's coming from, whose side it's coming from, but they need to get it out and give it like sewn up somehow, mm-hmm. some way, because this is too talented of, of a team. They should be the number, two, they should be in the top three in the East right now. And they are struggling to win these games when they have some of the best talent on their roster. You have Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid. And you cannot beat, I mean, anyone right now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of sad right now. I'm, so for me, I think Milwaukee is still the best team because every other team has got some, some sort of turmoil in the East. Yeah, I would say that... Uh... I'm kind of in the same camp. I think the Bucks should be a little bit more worried. Um, I maybe that they're really confident in themselves and they took this as kind of like a, like just a game to still stay in shape but not overexert themselves. Um, I do believe though in of, of confidence. So you know when you lose two games in a row, in my opinion, and again I'm not a professional athlete, so I'm just kind of speaking on what I, in my opinion, is though of it. But you know if you're if you're a team at the top of your game and you're going to lose two games in a row. One of them was a pretty close game to another highly competitive team on the opposite conference, and then you're going to lose in your own conference to a lower-tiered team, which we can probably debate with very little pushback that the Brooklyn Nets maybe should not have even been invited to the bubble because they don't have Kyrie Irving, nor do they have Kevin Durant, nor do they have their other three top players. They're basically a glorified G League team, and they beat the number one team in the East. Granted, Majority of their starters didn't play more than 20 minutes, if that, and it was a bunch of role players that played. But nevertheless, I mean, you know, you're the number one team in the East. You control your own destiny. Not that, you know, one game's going to make that big of a difference, but two games in a row, you yeah. only won your, you only won one game uh, against a competitive Eastern Conference team. And even in your scrimmage games to kind of get yourself warmed up, you lost basically all those games. Um, you know, I think just on a confidence standpoint, just to remind yourself that you can win, I think is a, I think is very crucial and important. Um, and you look at a team like the Raptors, like I mentioned, like they've 
they're a pretty, you know, solid team. They've won their games in the bubble. You know, they've yep. won their games very convincingly too. It's not, I mean, they've got a couple of close games, but they get it done with defense, with shooting, playing together as a team. And, you know, a lot of people are going to say that they're not, a, the, the, that's not, uh, the Bucks aren't going to be threatened by them, but I think they should because, you know, the Raptors, they're playing hard and, you know, they're playing to win. And if the Bucks mm-hmm. have this whole mindset of playing it safe because we don't want to overexert ourselves, then I think, you know, hey, you had five months off and you're worried about conditioning or at least, you know, being worn out before the playoffs, I think is a little funny. But, yeah. uh, you know, in my opinion, I think the I think the Raptors are maybe a team that we should look at it as like a dark horse to kind of dethrone or not dethrone, but to beat the Bucks. Yeah. If the Bucks don't kind of figure it out, 76ers could, you know, find themselves in seventh place. And I think they were, they started off at, you know, sixth place. And that's a huge difference between playing the fourth seed to the three seed in terms of quality, you know, and, yeah. you know, if they're going to be the biggest threat to the Bucks, they got to figure themselves out, you know, offensively with Ben Simmons fouling out, only taking six shots <laughs> and where, I mean, and you got offense going through Embiid and, and, uh, Tobias you know Ben Simmons was that guy that was basically a walking triple double at some nights and he can't even stay on the floor you know and and then there's uh highlights of Embiid and and Milton who's their starting point guard now getting into it and so there's just a lot of dynamic that needs to be sorted out over there and yeah I think the east is a little bit more wide open than we anticipate and like I said man I think the Raptors are a team to kind of really really take a serious look at the Celtics, mm-hmm. I'd like to see them kind of put some wins together and especially get uh, uh, Kimball Walker, um, you know, in the game a little bit more. I know that he's still kind of going through a, a pretty big knee injury that's kind of restricting his minutes still. But, you know, eventually the Celtics have got to put it all together, you know, and get some momentum. You can't just expect to beat them with only Tatum, you know, because uh, Gordon's yeah. not 100%, and you definitely need Kimba for his ball handling and his passing. So. Yeah. I think the Bucks though should be a little bit concerned and get some wins, get that confidence up and not really take take losses to teams like the like the Nets, man. That like again, yeah. like I said, they're like a G League team that's fortunate enough to be in the bubble, you know what I mean? And No, uh, I mean I would like the Nets better if they if they were playing, you know, if K D and Kyrie were there. I mean, then it makes a little more sense, but like yeah. I mean uh, the Nets weren't stopping Giannis and they still won. Like that's what's a little bit scary again Giannis only played like 20 minutes so right you know you got to take it with a grain of salt but for the most part I mean I I just I'm not sure how you how you lose that game I mean (laughs) the Bucks have more talent than than the Nets right now oh yeah um so it's it's you're right there it's a wide open for the east so yeah all right, well, um, man, I think we I think we exhausted everything that we needed to uh, talk about. <laughs> Any final so. thoughts? No, um, uh, we could probably go on for a few more hours, but I think for the sake yeah. of our families, we should probably end it there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it's it's good to have sports back. It's good to witness some good quality games in terms of basketball and, and baseball. So, yep, for sure. All right, well. Um, we will see you guys next week and uh, make sure you check out two bays in a pod where we are going to actually review. Um, we're going to be talking about umbrella Academy. So super excited about that. All right, guys, well, we'll see you next week.
All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we always appreciate you guys listening. Hey, please go on any of the major uh, podcasts. That is going to be Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeart, and Google Podcasts. Go and rate and review on those. Anything and everything does help. And also subscribe uh, because that also does help us as well. Um, you know, one star helps us get better. Five stars, we appreciate a lot more. So uh, just go ahead and do that. Uh, and like I said, leave a leave a review. Tell us we're great. Tell us we suck. Whatever it is, like I said, anything and everything does help. Um, also, go to uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, and that's going to be Drew Code Sports Talk. Uh, Cody does a great job on the social media for Drew Code. Uh, he's usually the one who posts every now and then I do on Instagram, <laughs> but, uh, for the most part, uh, that's all Cody, but he does a great job. And if you have any questions or have a topic that you guys like us to, uh, get to, please comment on any of the uh, posts that we have and, or direct message us. Uh, everything, you know, is accepted and we want to, we want to know what you guys think or what you guys, uh, what your thoughts are. So. Uh, please go and do that and also go follow two bays in a pod, which is just strictly uh, Instagram. So uh, we appreciate all of that. And then also go check out fnxfitness.com. Uh, they have great workout gear and uh, workout supplements. Uh, hopefully gyms will open up soon. I know there are some states that the gyms are probably already open, but here in California, at least they're, uh, they're not open. They're still closed, but uh, when those do open up, they got great stuff. Go check it out. They sell out real quick. So go get your stuff very fast. And, uh, Cody's actually going to explain to you how you can get 15% off of your whole purchase. Cody. That's right, guys. Go to drewcodesportstock.com at the bottom of the homepage. There's a link called partners. You click on that and then it'll actually show you the FNX fit link that you need to click on to start your shopping and get your supplements and workout gear. And then at the very end, when you guys are ready to check out, use drew code 15 to get 15% off your purchase when you guys are ready. And then go ahead and enjoy all that workout gear and those supplements to get your quarantine body in order. So anyways, guys, we appreciate you guys for listening. If you guys want to listen to any of those podcast platforms that drew had mentioned, there are live links on, on the website, drewcodesportstock.com. You can also leave us a question, suggestion, or a comment on the website as well, or also share us your opinions on social media. We'd love to interact with you guys and get some more feedback and, you know, have a good conversation with you guys, especially about sports and with the live sports now happening, we'd love to get you guys talking with us uh, some more about it. So anyways, guys, we appreciate you guys so much for listening and don't forget two bays in a pod comes out on Mondays and Drew Goat Sports Talk comes out on Thursday. So with that being said, we'll see you guys next week.